Welcome to our podcast, Two and a Half White People. Um, we are your hosts. My name is Emma Russell. My name is Lola Yoon. My name is Iris Huang. And my name is Phoebe DeFighter. We are seniors in Mr. Shinborn's AP Lit class. Sorry if the audio is a little bit off. One of our members is quarantined. So today for our episode of this podcast, we are going to be talking about representation, more specifically Asian representation, and not only in media itself, but with creators who make our like books and TV shows and movies for us. Yeah, so the book that we all read and that we're going to be talking about is called Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Rebuy. The main character, Jay, is um, half Filipino, half white, and pretty much the premise follows him uh, during his senior year, and he finds out that his cousin who lives in the Philippines uh, was murdered as a part of a war on drugs, and he flies back to the Philippines to kind of figure out the truth, and it sort of follows his like self-discovery Filipino identity journey. Alright, to get things started, we're going to talk about representation within media. Um, the book that we read is The Patriot Says of Nothing, and the author is named Randy Rebuy, and him himself is half Filipino, half white. The reason why this is so important is because he talks about the struggles in the book from his own perspective. And while it isn't like a self a memoir or anything, but you just you can tell that the author is coming from a place of a lot of knowledge because of how he talks. You can tell that he knows a lot about the subject and the character. Yeah, and it's just it's important to have creators that have experienced um, the things that they're writing about because it actually makes it like real and relatable. So Randy actually like knows what he's talking about when it comes to Jay's struggles um he's mixed or he has like experienced the like mixed struggles like specifically in parts of the book he references the fact that his mom always reminds him that he's half white as well as half Filipino and he has friends in his life who tell him that he is like basically white which is something that like I as a mixed person have also experienced like specifically as a mixed Asian I experience that all the time and it's just important to have um, creators who actually like know about this because it makes the book real and it's like you can do as much research as you'd like but it doesn't really compare to like having real experience. Yeah like I as a fully white person I will never be able to understand uh, how it feels to be a person of color or how it feels to be mixed. But by reading this story, I was able to kind of see into this lens that I've never been able to see before. And if it was a story written by a white person, I would be looking through the same eyes that I look through every single day of my life. Representation matters because as someone who isn't necessarily being represented, we are still able to see and learn more about cultures that we haven't really experienced before. Yeah, and so for me, um, I'm like fully Chinese, so obviously I'm not half Filipino, but there was still a lot of aspects of the Asian side of Jay's family that I like found really resonated with me. Like the way he applied to college, the way they looked at his future was like exactly the same to how my family sort of looks at my future. Um, But then also 
him being half white <clears throat> was something that like also taught me a lot and so there was one half of the book was kind of stuff that I could relate exactly to but I was also able to learn from and so if I think if, if I were to try and write a mixed character it wouldn't really have come through like that because I don't know about those pretty much like 50% of the experiences that someone like Jay would have. Yeah, and I just wanted to note that I am not half Filipino. I'm actually half Korean. But even though, like, I don't come from the same country and I don't necessarily understand, like, Filipino, like, the government there or, like, the culture there, I can still, like, really, really relate to how he's treated, like, in Asian countries versus, like, America and kind of, like, the struggle between, like, his white and Asian identity. So that brings us up to our second topic. Um, this is about Jay's struggle between his white and Asian identity. So in the book, Jay has to constantly justify his Asian identities in both the Philippines and America. People on both sides kind of want him to like pick one or the other. They kind of remind him all the time that he is white and that he grew up in America. So that justifies to them that he's white and they don't really like accept his Asian side. And it's just kind of a struggle for a lot of mixed people, and especially in the book, that they really push him to pick his quote-unquote identity rather than just let him be what he is. Yeah, and I think another thing that's really harmful is sort of pushing the idea that you have to identify with one part of your race or another, or the idea that people in general can identify as a race, especially for mixed people, but even just uh, people of color, anyone that sort of has... Uh, ties to their ethnicity or nationality. I just find the concept of describing someone as they identify as a certain race uh, to be a little bit inconsiderate and at sometimes offensive. Okay, hold on. Let's unpack that. So I think, you know, what I mean is that if you're talking about the way you identify, it makes it sound like it's a choice or that you're picking a certain part of yourself to embrace, but in reality, your race is not really a choice, um, and neither is the way that society will treat you. So especially in the U.S., for instance, um, if you're a person of color, like society will treat you differently whether or not you want to embrace it or you try to blend in. Or in the Philippines, if you are you know, white walking around in Asia, people will treat you differently, um, which is like a societal issue. And and so when you're saying, oh, this person identifies, well, they didn't really choose to, like, express their race, I guess. Like, their race is expressed whether they like it or not. And so, um, you know, race isn't really an expression. It's more just an experience that you live throughout your life. Uh, and in Jay's instance, um, you know, he is Asian um, and he identifies as Filipino-American. So it's not that he identifies as Asian. It's more his identity lies in like the specific countries or the, the nationalities, I guess. Um, so I, I guess I just think that when you say like I, I or they identify as that should be at least more specific to like maybe what they're even choosing because, you know, Jay didn't choose to be Asian or choose to be mixed or choose to be American, but he, he sort of just is. And so saying identify makes it seem like they're choosing the experience that comes along with it when that isn't totally true. Yeah, so when it comes to saying like somebody identifies as Asian, I think it's more just you have to be more careful with your wording. It's like you can't 
choose what race you are. Like we've said that a bunch of times, you really can't pick what race you are, but you can kind of pick what people call you. Like for instance, I'm half Korean, half white, but I really don't want to be called white. I am okay with mixed. I'm okay with Korean American. I'm okay with Korean. I'm okay with Asian, Asian American, all those things. I can choose what people call me, but like, it's not like I identify as something different. Like that's just it's just different terminology for what you are. And it's just, it's tricky when you use the word identify because it kind of erases almost like you being of a race that has certain experiences tied to it. Okay, so going back to the story, Jay went to the Philippines to visit and learn about his cousin's death, but he went there with a savior complex where he thought that he could fix all of their problems and that he could make all of the problems in the Philippines go away, which it doesn't make sense because one person can't fix all of the problems. But, you know, this guy from America who had lived a very privileged life came over there and he's like, I can fix all of this, which he can't. Yeah, and like, so when he comes in with this kind of like savior savior complex and this idea that he can make everything better, his family really, his, his family in the Philippines really has to keep him in check. Like, um, he comes in and he tries to donate or, like, hand out money to, to kids in the street, which is, like, you know, you want to help people. You see people who are suffering and you want to help them. But his family said, like, you can't do that. If you gave literally five cents to every single poor person here, you would be broke in, like, three days. You know, it's just his, his family had to remind him that he doesn't know everything and he can't fix everything and he went in with this idea that like i i can make everything better but his family kept on having to remind him like you you are american and you do not know as much as you think that you do yeah and that kind of brings us back to like the struggle between his white and asian identity it's kind of like he can't blend into either country um it's kind of like the perpetual foreigner status um which is something that a lot of asian americans face in america but you can kind of see um instances where he does face that in the philippines too he is from america and so in the philippines he doesn't really understand the culture and like the government there and like kind of like the unspoken rules but then in america you know he obviously looks different he looks filipino and he has filipino families so he just doesn't quite blend in into either countries and it can it's it's a struggle for a lot of mixed people that i know that my family has also experienced all right so that wraps up our second topic and we will be back after this short interlude topic is going to be intersectionality and first we want to provide a sort of quick definition for anyone who may not know what that is. So intersectionality is defined as the interconnected nature of social categorizations like race, gender, or class as they apply to an individual or group creating overlapping and interdependent systems of discriminations. So pretty much what it means is that different forces of discrimination or oppression sort of intertwine and can sort of like amplify each other's effects on certain individuals or certain groups that 
face more than one type of oppression. Like they're not very exclusive from each other. Um, they sort of weigh down on each other on individuals. And um, one like common comparison and that is sort of makes it easier to understand is that men of color and white women do not face the same intersectionality and oppression as women of color. So for example, men of color um, obviously like have experienced a lot of racism and discrimination, but they have also used their power as men to discriminate and oppress women. And so um, they're sort of oppressed oppressors in that sense where they, they are discriminated against, but they do have the upper hand against at least one other group. And then it's sort of the same with white women where um, they have been denied a lot of equal rights and still are to this day, but um, in terms of their race, they are able to have the upper hand over women of color. And um, uh, it's important to talk about because intersectionality emphasizes that no one can really understand someone else's experiences that they are going through, especially if it's with a big sort of difference, like race or gender. Like it's not that all like men of color and women of color are going to be discriminated against exactly the same because of their race. There's different aspects to both. Um, and intersectionality is just something that not a lot of people consider when talking about like racism you have to talk about sexism and you have to talk about these other things because they're so intertwined. Yeah, and this is something that has been kind of brought up more recently, especially on social media. I've noticed that like a lot of creators, specifically I saw um, an Asian woman speaking about how um, female people of color, um, they kind of experience more layers of discrimination that really go unnoticed um, to men of color or just to white women. And it's just like something that really needs to be talked about. And you can kind of notice it a lot in the book because Jay kind of doesn't really understand a lot of the issues that women of the Philippines face. And also this applies to like people who are part of the LGBTQ community, um, especially like being a person of color in that community you do experience a lot more discrimination as like we've kind of seen that like white gay men were pretty much accepted into society first when it came to LGBTQ rights. Um, they kind of became the face of the movement and they weren't even the ones that really like started the movement. Like a lot of pride was started by like black queer women. So it's just like you really have to consider the intersectionality aspect when you're talking about um, representation. In, in Patron Saints of Nothing, you can really see how Jay doesn't really experience intersectionality because there's a lot of, or there's a lot of instances where he doesn't understand the women in the story and also he doesn't understand the LGBTQ plus characters in the story. For example, he has a full Filipino um, cousin, and she is a queer woman. Um, at one point in the story, she says that she's going to take him to kind of look at art because that's what his uncle wants him to do. But she actually takes him to a mall so she can hang out with her girlfriend that her father doesn't know about. And when Jay finds out about this, he's a little bit confused because he does have two aunts who are queer as well. And he was like, well, you know, my uncle is fine with those people. I don't understand why he wouldn't be fine with your girlfriend. 
and Grace, his cousin, has to explain to him, like, you don't know the things that my father says about my aunts, and you don't know the way that he talks about them and the way that he looks down on them. And just to Jay, the world is a very, very black and white place, and it's like, this happens and this happens, so this makes sense. But as as Grace is a queer woman of color, she really does experience a lot more just, like, discrimination from her own family. Her own family would, like, look down on her, she knows, if they were to figure out that she's queer, which is just, like... A world that Jay has never been able to even like comprehend or understand at all. Um, another example of this is um, at one point in the story, Jay is meeting his cousin's old girlfriend, his cousin who was killed, um, his old girlfriend, and the woman is talking about how she was kidnapped and how all of these horrible things had happened to her. And Jay says the phrase, not all men, which I understand what he's saying there, but it's really diminishing to a woman who has gone through struggles to, as as a man, say, not all men do this. Women are aware that it's not all men, but it's such a large portion of men that it's difficult to feel safe and secure when around a man. Um And so as a man of color raised in America, he doesn't really understand the struggles that women of color and queer people of color face because it's just something that he's never had to deal with. So one thing that I just, I think we all really want to emphasize is that like oppression and discrimination is not a competition. And there's sort of a misconception that when you're discussing intersectionality that it's like you're trying to add up your points or trying to stack up like who's more oppressed or who has it worse. Um, and that sort of keeps people from talking about it because it, it sort of pits, you know, communities um, who are minorities or who do face um, discrimination like against each other. And that's not really the point at all. Um, and sort of on the flip side, where it's, it's everyone's experiences are different and that no one person can truly understand. And so it's not about comparing discrimination or saying well, I have it worse, or you have it worse, so my problems don't matter. Like, we're not trying to invalidate anyone's emotions or anyone's livelihoods when the, when we're talking about intersectionality. Um, we're more just talking about how different systems of oppression can interact and affect people and how they're different from each other. So not how one is necessarily, quote-unquote, worse than the other, or how my life is harder than yours because this, so your problems don't matter. Um, you know, everyone's struggles are significant, especially to their own lives. And the point of representation and talking about it is to bring our own different and unique experiences to light and to listen to each other and not just sort of dismiss someone else's experience, whether they are considered better or worse than another. Yeah, and it's also like worth noting that even if you are pretty similar to someone and you identify as the same, so like, Jay is a man and he's Filipino and he has uncles there who are also men and Filipino, but they really don't experience the same things. It's worth noting that even if you are the same as somebody else, you may experience very different things from them. So when it comes to things like discrimination and oppression and just needing representation, it's a really, really personal experience. It it, it differs for everybody. So it's just like, it's a little bit incomparable sometimes but again it's just when we're talking about representation 
we just want to bring awareness to it. It's not it's not like we're trying to like rank who's more oppressed than others and bring other people down because they're not as oppressed as us. It's just we want to make people aware of every experience so it can be talked about. Okay, so one thing that was very apparent in the book is universal struggles that were discussed that go just like beyond just the racial barriers that were the main focus of the book. Um, so despite the fact that no two experiences are the same, people can still relate to it because like nobody has the same exact experiences as somebody else. So when talking about other topics, it helps to make more people relate. Yeah, so the author did a pretty good job at like writing characters that were really well-rounded and represented a lot of different struggles. And they came from like a lot of different socioeconomic backgrounds, from a lot of different viewpoints and lifestyles. So he had a lot of representation outside of race in his book. And one part about it was that Jake kind of comes from a really biased viewpoint. He came from like a really privileged setting in America where he is able to go to a good school and his family is like relatively well off. So he goes to the Philippines with like a biased viewpoint. And by writing this into the story, the author can address these universal issues while also addressing like some biases that people might have about it and discussing it in a good way. Um, so one of these issues that was discussed in the book is addiction. Um, and so humanity um, in addiction, like people who struggle with addiction, it's not that they're like inherently bad people, like they are struggling and they're going through something that's really difficult and most people are trying to fight it. Um, so this is something that like, like I couldn't really relate to a lot of Jay's experiences in the book because I don't come from the same background as him, but the issues with him having a family member um, who is suffering from addiction is something that I can really relate to because I've had family members um, suffer with addiction a lot and it was like really eye-opening kind of to see that represented in a book in a way in which I can relate to it. Another real-world topic that is kind of addressed in the book is sexual assault. There is a girl named Reina who was sex trafficked and sexually assaulted multiple times and uh, we find out that Jay's aunt is in an organization that helps young women get out of these situations and that his his aunt saved Reina and she tells him her story and at one point Jay is kind of like thinking in his noggin like we, we said before he was thinking like not all men I'm not like that and he had this moment where he was like I don't know why I said that because this Reina was very clearly and very obviously going through a lot of things and she had been through something terrible and he realized like it, it, it isn't it, I shouldn't I don't have the right to kind of tell her that and um, this like they they talk about sexual assault in in that way that it's kind of a learning experience for Jay and for other people who are reading the book who also might not have known about that it's a learning experience for them as well another big issue <clears throat> that's talked about in the book a lot is like an overpowering and over controlling government so the government in the Philippines um, has really like struck down on a lot of a lot of issues and like their police force is really like they're okay with their police just killing people who have drug addictions in the streets because it's to quote like eliminate crime and someone from America like Jay sees that and they think it's like 
so like it is outright wrong and it's awful but then even in a country like the u.s that um promotes freedom and and everyone has their own entitlements like our country has struggled a lot with that too um <clears throat> for instance like the war on drugs in the 80s under reagan you know that wasn't that long ago and it still has like ramifications to this day um and even if you take like drugs out of the equation just with law enforcement sort of stepping over the line like there's been a lot of police officers who have killed like innocent people um and specifically a lot of innocent black people such as most recently Dante Wright was killed by a police officer who I mean she claimed she thought that her taser or her gun was her taser but even so like she he he was stopped for a traffic stop so she shouldn't have been using that in the first place and and what was so like sort of chilling is it took place pretty much during um, exactly like a year after George Floyd's death and then, and, you know, um, Derek Chauvin, his murderer's trial is like currently going on. So there's just a lot of um, news happening around police officers in the U.S. that are stepping over the line and taking innocent people's lives. And so even in countries with very different governments and cultures, um, like the Philippines and the U.S., there's a lot of similar tragedies that can happen. And another issue that the book really does a good job at addressing is LGBTQ rights. Um, in the story, there Jay has two family members who are queer. He has a cousin and an aunt. And um, he kind of struggles to understand what they're going through, but throughout the course of the book, he like he starts to understand it more. But he kind of goes in with the bias that like, with the bias of gay marriage being accepted in America. So he goes to the Philippines and he finds out that his aunts can't get married, even though their relationship is very similar to that of just like a typical marriage in the eyes of the Fili the Filipino government. Um, they will never be like legally married and he just kind of has a hard time understanding that just because he has come from a viewpoint where gay marriage is like quote-unquote accepted in the u.s but even even with that it's only been legal for queer individuals to be married for like six or so years and they still struggle to like maintain rights especially with like trans rights and just like things with like adoption and stuff like that um individuals still struggle and kind of bringing it back to the idea of the controlling government in different areas, I know with the um, with the new Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, uh, a lot of queer people were really, really frightened that the ability to get married and that some of their rights were going to be taken away. And they weren't taken away. They, there weren't any court or laws that were like overturned or anything. But it's just the fact that that fear was there and was genuine shows how flawed our government is very similar to different governments and it's it just kind of shows how like sometimes Americans can be so like kind of blind to their own issues that we have similar to other places. Um, so by bringing up these different issues in the book it adds like depth and realness to POC characters um, showing that like race isn't the only thing they struggle with there are a lot of other difficulties that people face and this provides a way for everyone to relate even if you're not the same race as the main character or something there's something in the story in which you can relate to yeah and so jay not only is good representation as like an asian person or as a mixed person he also can represent just a lot of 
um, like lapses of knowledge that people might have or just a lot of questions that people don't know. And he sort of represents someone who is learning about a lot of these issues that we've talked about. And it kind of shows that like it's okay to be wrong. Like it's okay to not um, know what's right in every single circumstance or know the answer, but that um, you just have to like be able to learn it because a lot of times people in their society or in their culture are unconsciously taught different prejudices and biases. And it's not their fault that they're taught them, but we need some way to um, like eliminate them. And so having representation of different stories and people, not just in terms of race, but in terms of these issues or gender identity or anything, it's like there's so many different aspects to represent. And having Jay be a character who does accurately portray um, knowledge about you know his own race and his own identity, but then also who is inaccurate on a lot of other issues is a good way for readers to sort of learn along the way as Jay is learning. Um, and pretty much the way that he learns is like being exposed to different viewpoints and perspectives and people from all different sorts of walks of life. And this is like how we in our own lives um, can work on our own prejudices and change for the better. Okay, and just like to wrap it all up, the reason why diverse creators and diverse representation is so necessary is it just creates depth to stories. It just really like creates a narrative where everybody's different and everybody can feel represented and characters can have more struggles beyond just like one or two things. It really just creates a space where everybody feels like they are represented. And with this representation, it, it, it allows us to see how many different ways they are different. Like the four of us in, in this group, in this podcast, we are all pretty different people and we've grown up in very different lives, but we all found different things in this book that we could relate to and different things that we were able to learn from, which shows how these diverse creators help to represent and to teach a variety of audiences. Yeah, and the universal struggles that were portrayed in the book really help to be able to empathize with the characters and understand what they're going through because there's like something that most people can relate to in there and so that really just helps like tie it all together um and diverse representation just provides a variety of voices and perspectives that are important for everyone to listen to whether or not they relate and also provide learning opportunities for all of us so we hope that you enjoyed uh, listening to us sort of talk about this or you learned something and thank you guys for listening.